0: Hello, I'm Taylor. I'm Ryan. And this is Unbetween. So this is part two in our Shepherds and Stages conversation. If you didn't happen to catch part one last week, please go back and listen to it or else this may not make a whole lot of sense. But in this part of the conversation, we talk a lot about what our expectations of our leaders are. And also what our responsibilities as followers are. So whether you're a leader or a follower, you should be thinking about both of these things and that a lot of the negative things that happen to leaders in the church are less uh, to do with um, with the leaders themselves and more to do with the people that they're leading and what they are expecting of and sometimes demanding of them. And then what that does to people in leadership and what the results are. By by way of illustration, like we talk about, you talked about the right to a platform, the right to say what's in what's on your mind, the right Mm. to even the thing I was talking about a minute ago, like, well, we you're our pastor, we pay your salary, so we we have the right to expect certain things of you. Yeah. Uh, Lacey Sturm was the vocalist for a band called Flyleaf and now does her own music. And uh, she and her, her family, like her husband and her, I think they have three boys now, are just... Such a wonderful example of what it means to follow Jesus into some very strange and weird and dark places <laughs> and still just be freaking awesome at the same time. So no. um, I have nothing but good things to say about her, about them. And she was being, being interviewed on a podcast once and she um, has had she's talked very publicly about her struggles in the past with drug addiction and depression and suicide. And that when she became a follower of Jesus, a lot of this stuff didn't go away. She still struggled and struggles with the desire to do those things, mm-hmm. but she had a very clear incident that she described in which she was wanting to kill herself and uh, and God spoke to her and said, your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. You don't have the right to take it. Boy, did that land on me. And how little does that idea that we, we have been purchased by the goodness of the Lord away from the powers of darkness that laid claim to our lives and all of our mm-hmm. energy and our resources. And that now we truly have freedom to be the kind of people in creation that God made us to be through his goodness and his grace. Yeah. We don't have the right to do whatever we want to expect, whatever we want from ourselves or for other people. It's not okay. And so when we, cause really when we're talking about leadership, I think we're talking about us and self as expectations of what we need them to be for us and what we demand that they should be or else, you know. And when we come to our pastors or our teachers or our leaders or even those on those big, massive platforms with ex- expectations that we wouldn't p- want put on us. And when we come to them without grace, without remembering that our life is not our own. uh. What is it that we expect is going to happen to them eventually? Mm. And what right do we have to say, told you so? What right do we have to say, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, look at who, who he was hanging around. Maybe there's some truth to those things. But I think ultimately it says more about us and the way we respond to these things than it does about those people. Man, even just understanding, like, it, ask yourself what you're looking
1: for in a church. Mm. And if you're saying something other than a biblical church, Let's let's stop and think about our our motives. You know, if you're looking for the hip church or the fun church or the big church or the church with the great youth program or kids program, stop. And if it's not a biblically based church, there's a problem because, you know, I think there you're going to have an understanding of what leaders should be
0: if you're getting true teaching from the Bible. We're going to have to define that phrase, too, though, aren't we? (sighs) There's another episode. Dang it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: To simply state, check your motives at the door, you know, mm. um, because I think that's even the problem we get into in trying to define biblical. Yeah. It's very easy to try and want to read the Bible to justify what we want. Um, and there's just not a lot of things you're going to find in the Bible. Um, the fact that the American dream, you know, that you're not going to find that in the Bible. So some huge church that spans the world, you're not going to find that in the Bible. It, most of your political ideas that you're holding so closely, you're probably not going to find in the Bible. In fact, you, you may find contradictions to your political ideas and beliefs and values on that side. So if you're not going
0: to read the Bible and search for the truth
1: of God rather than your own truth, that th- you're going to find
0: issues. And really, the question we should be asking is not what kind of leader is he or she, but what kind of follower am I? I'm trying to think about my response to that.
1: Yeah. And and who are you following? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of follower and who are you going to follow? Uh, I I don't think we were ever meant to follow a pastor. You know, we're, we're supposed to be followers of Christ. They're there for direction and guidance. And if you're going to follow Christ, that looks a certain way, you know, which is probably what
0: you're getting at with that statement. I mean, if I can use this analogy. There's a book called Loveology, which is by a, a gentleman named John Mark Comer, who I think I've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And it's about love and sexuality and men and women and husbands and wives and kind of the, the biblical and scriptural ways to think about all those things. And I found it really helpful as a younger person, even after I was married, just thinking about what what are my expectations for those things? How do I define them? And... One of the things that he said was that he was speaking to single people, but I think this is this is instructive for everybody. Um, Rather than making a list of thing qualities you want in a spouse or in a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, um, rather than writing down, well, he's got to have this. She's got to be that these things. And I won't budge on this instead of doing that. Why don't you write a list of things that you want to develop in yourself? Why don't you focus mm. on being the kind of person who will attract the kind of person that you want to end up with? I say end up with that you want to be yoked with for the rest of forever. Instead of focus instead of making it somebody else's problem to meet your expectations, turn the expectations on yourself and really ponder, mm. am I shaping am I allowing God shaping me into the kind of person who will be worthy to be married to the kind of person that I hope to marry. And I think this is the same kind of thing. Are we the kind of followers that a leader is going to want to lead and give his or her best for? Are we the kind of followers that will so be so focused on Christ that we don't have those terrible expectations? Those you know, inhuman really expectations on our pastors and teachers and leaders. And that ultimately yeah. when they do fall, which will happen, that we respond with grace rather than judgment, rather than, uh, you know, anger or narcissism or self-satisfaction. Thank God I'm not like this man. Can you believe that so-and-so did what so-and-so did? Well, yeah, actually, I I can't. But who makes it possible for them to occupy those spaces knowing that my brothers and sisters have my back and that when I mess up, they will respond appropriately. If I need to be yeah. removed, they will tell me in love and I can trust them. When they tell me, "No, you have repented, we are going to restore you." I can trust in that and I can move in confidence. But I think we're largely lacking that because our focus is not inward on ourselves and what God wants to do in our own hearts. It's on what mm-hmm. those people over there should be doing.
1: Yeah, and and those over there. You know, that that's another thing. Like we're so quick with them and, and us and And I I don't know if I should be the one to tell people this, but your pastor is a sinner. Um, (laughs) The same as you, like, you know, it's not a, a, uh, that's part of the problem. There's your pastor has little failures, just like all of us every day. There are things he struggles with. Problem is eventually something big enough happens that gets out. Right. And Mm -hmm. and it's like all of our sin. Um, The things that we all do. We don't really think much about, you know, th- those are the things we're, we're real quick to share in circles when they ask what you're struggling with. Oh, well, I'm real judgmental or, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I cuss or these things that we're like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, but then when it's something big and it can't be hidden,
0: you know, we, we hide from it, right? Yeah. But the other thing is, how much more damage do those things that we're comfortable with do? Well, they're done a lot. They're done
1: almost, and I'm trying to think of the name of the book. I'm lying probably, but I think it's called respectable sins. They they become not a big deal. Mm-hmm. They become something you get used to and immune to, to where that judgment you say that you want to get rid of, you really don't care about. But yeah. it's very convenient when people are asking you to share your struggle. Yeah. Um, and those, you know, the jokes that you tell and the things that you do, you've become so comfortable with that you really don't think
0: much about it. And that that is very damaging in the course of your life. And think of this too. I I think people can go, well, I'm no expert on people, but people can do one of a couple of different things. Either they can expect things of other people that they don't expect of themselves. Hmm. So those things that, you know, those things you're comfortable with, with yourself, you don't let other people off the hook on. Or all those sins that you mentioned, those respectable sins that you don't mind in yourself, you also don't mind in your leaders. Yeah. Well, and you say that, I I just thought of a story.
1: Um, I heard about one time, there was a a leader who someone in the group came up and was like, hey, we're doing this, this lunch, we'd love for you to come and be a part of it. We're going here. And and anyway, they get there and they're taking drink orders. And one of the ladies is like, yeah, I think think I'm going to have a glass of wine. Do you care? I know you're our leader. Like, do you care if we... So that's fine. I think I'll get one too. And the lady was like... Oh, well, you're our, you're our leader. You probably shouldn't do that, should you? She's like, "Well, if you don't think I should, maybe you shouldn't." Like, you know. Yeah. And it was kind of this this these expectations. Oh, well, you're a leader, so it's not wrong for me to because you lead, you shouldn't. And it's yeah. you know, I, you, what you said kind of made me think of that. It's just interesting if our expectations are that different.
0: So that above reproach thing, what are we really talking about? And are we saying it's okay for the rest of us to not be above reproach? Cuz we we're, we're just the common folk. Yeah,
1: and is that really even something that should be dividing? You know, I think there's, you read Romans, there's areas where um, there's things that are, I say, considered gray areas. There's things that for some may be a sin and others are not. And I think that's something you have to be, you know, careful of. And part of that's who you're around and, and situational and...
0: Meet sacrifice to idols and...
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a number of things mentioned in there. Um, And, you know, even... <sighs> Man, we, we need to do an episode on, on what we make idols, but um, you said that, and for the reason that popped into my head, but I mean, uh, yeah, I think, and on that note, I think we've made leaders idols in many ways, but yeah, th- there's things mentioned that are, um, that, I mean, even eating certain things, drinking certain things, you know, um, that Paul and, and others were very careful with about what, what impact it might have on spreading the gospel, and I, I unfortunately don't think that's our our thought process when looking at those things. I have a right to eat what I want. Why would I yeah. care how it affects somebody else? Right. And, and, you know, Paul was very intentional about spreading the gospel. So there were things that he was willing to do, even though he didn't have a problem with it. Yep. Um, you know, there were also things he did that he probably did have a problem with, but in order to reach people. Mm-hmm. And... In, in this day and age, and, and and I hate saying this day and age and political climate and all those things, but I think we're entering a a point where we as Christians maybe are seeing some things we're uncomfortable with. Maybe we'll continue to, and I say are entering. I think it's been this way for years, but it's only going to grow. That if our, if our idea is to grow community, to learn more about Christ and to spread the gospel, there's things that we're willing to do. In order to see that happen. Even if, you know, well, what's a what's a good example for today? Masks. Some people hate masks. Even if I have to wear a mask in order to, and, and I hate it, but in order to, to be in a church body and to grow, maybe that's what I have to do. I think we're going to continue to see examples like that. And it's, um if your goal is to be comfortable or your idea of success is being able to do what you want, you're probably going to be be Very disappointed, if your idea is to grow community to grow in Christ and to spread the gospel then then it's going to look a lot different. You may still be uncomfortable, but it's, well, it's look a lot well because yeah. because
0: ultimately it isn't about you, and if i've learned anything it's that God will send you places into people that make you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. both for their good and yours because of the kind of person it shapes you into, and yeah. that You are a person who doesn't have to get all your needs met to be content, and you don't have to have all your itches scratched to participate in real biblical community. And your pastor doesn't have to check all your Christian expectation boxes for you to be supportive of him. Yeah, I I hate to keep harping on expectations, but a
1: a good buddy of mine and and I were talking last night and brought up even the the aspect of... How you pray, you know, Mm -hmm. if I'm praying for God to get me a situ through a situation the way I want it, you know, to make work better, to make this go away, as opposed to praying for God to reveal something to me about myself or about what he's doing, what am I really seeking? Like again, the Bible says we're gonna be uncomfortable, we're gonna go through struggles, we're gonna go through hard times. Um, if that's to shape us, okay, God, I'm praying for how I need to be shaped through this. Not that all the struggles at work go away.
0: Or it Man. becomes more fun or Yeah, like uh I'm in a season of life right now where I'm really having to remember that stuff because um, you know well it's the same for a lot of people in this in this season of life, I guess. Um but what it's that thing of like what do you do when you use up all your reserves and the 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 level at which you're used to operating, you can't do it anymore because of this, that or the other. And you really have to I mean, I find myself praying a lot. Some of those things you just said, like not necessarily, because I understand this this moment is gonna last as long as it's gonna last. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I desire to get out of it necessarily, but what I do want is to continue to perceive and kind of soak in the closeness of God. Because at this point, that's the only thing keeping me afloat. And I think we all have those moments, and truly. I'm not, maybe in my worst moments, uh, I'm not looking to get out of it. It's more like, God, equip me to handle this the way that you want me to, because I can't. Mm. You know, I, I'm beyond my ability to handle this well. So yeah. I need you. I need your spirit. I need the mind of Christ. I need your wisdom to, to know how to handle these things and, and, and handle them well and to treat people well and to not spend so much of myself that I'm no good for anybody. Like, I, I don't know where the lines are around all those things. I need God's help. I have to yeah. have it or I am or I cannot get through it at all. And for me, it's just like, okay, let's, I want to get through the day and be able to look at it and say, okay, yes. Not that I was perfect, not that I didn't make mistakes, but that, okay, I, I kept in step with you today, even though mm. this was hard. Or, you know, I didn't, I didn't get frustrated or I didn't get so distracted that i you know, was useless to people, <laughs> or, or whatever the case may be. What what better way to measure the way you're following Christ? As I was just to ask, am I keeping in step with you? Yeah, because my, I understand my life is not my own, and if the Lord calls me to spend it in this way, where else, as Peter said, to whom else can we go? You you are all the good that there is is with you, and so I have to to circle back to what we were talking about. I have to trust that the Lord in his wisdom knows more than I do. Yeah. And that if I, if I simply, if I continue to keep in step with him, he will help me. What's that? Um, You know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, which is really profound. You will be filled mm-hmm. with righteousness. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty cool though. Or or um, if you seek these things first, he will give you the desires of your heart and the desires yeah. of a heart modeled after him. Are not about a bigger bank account, either for yourself or for your church, or not about more numbers, either for, you know, like it's it's none of those things that we mentioned. It's, I want to see the fruit of the spirit growing on every tree in here, and I want to be a part of it. And I think it is those kinds of people that don't put their leaders on pedestals and who don't make gods out of them, but instead come alongside them and help hold up their arms, you know, as it were, as Aaron and her did for Moses. And maybe that's, maybe that's a big winding circle that doesn't actually have a connection, but if it feels like that's kind of where we were headed.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and you mentioned Moses, I mean, you've got leaders who do have failures and don't get to experience certain things Mm. that might've been promised because of how they handled or a situation, you know? Um, because of disobedience. And, and, you know, I think there are situations like that. Um, yeah, I I think we've got to be careful. Uh, Again, I think setting the right expectations for our leaders, being there to guide them. Um, if you see something that maybe is suspect, maybe find people in the church to, who can present it well and in a loving manner before it gets, before it gets rough. Well,
0: that's biblical anyway. I mean, right, that, that's laid out how we're Matthew. supposed to approach yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and
1: and I just, man, I just see so much today where there's probably many ways you could take this, but when you look at some of your, and again, not trying to pick on celebrity pastors because you see this in local realms too, but the emphasis placed on wearing a certain thing or looking a certain way or being a certain, you know, thing, and, and there's even a. An Instagram account called Preachers and Sneakers. I don't, I don't know if you've seen I've it. I've heard but of it. Yeah, man, it's uh, it basically just calls out the amount dollar figure of what these people are wearing. And if you're wearing a pair of you know six hundred dollars jeans and and eight hundred dollars shoes and a belt that costs you know more than an iPad, like maybe there's another motive there. You mm-hmm. know, and I, I don't want to get too far into. That. And maybe that's even wrong of me to consider. And if that's the image you're trying to portray, it's probably not going to be an image that says blessed are the humble
0: true boy that's the only way i can think to say that nicely but well, it's well and oh gosh man that's that's good because it it also what then will be the expectations for the followers mm-hmm. if this is what success looks like but god's blessed
1: him so if i'm not wearing that if i'm not wearing Gucci, god didn't bless me
0: right it, but seriously yeah, And it looks, I mean, these are really obvious examples, I think, but this happens on the local level, too, in smaller ways. Well, what's that pastor yeah. driving? Well, oh. You know, which side of town is his house on? Yeah. Or look what his wife's wearing. Well, and, and that's even,
1: you know, that goes back to the American dream and even our congregations. You know, what are you trying to put forward? What are you trying to represent? Um, there's a... A musician, John Foreman, which many will know from Switchfoot, but he has a, uh, I think it was on a, a solo album, but a song called Patron Saint of Rock and Roll. And, yeah, song, solo. And um, here, let me, I'm going to look it up real quick. <laughs> I, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. There, there's a verse, <laughs> yeah. The second verse of this song, I believe it says, there's a part downtown where the homeless get ignored, where the church next door is a crowd singing, blessed are the poor. Where the Mercedes drive away muttering, druggies, drunks, and whores. Where the bumper sticker displays, my co-pilot is the Lord. And it's just like, man, it's so bold and so telling of what we've created. And that's not the church of the Bible.
0: No. Let's be clear. Well, and also to be clear, the point is not that you shouldn't drive a Mercedes. I don't think ultimately that matters very much. But what matters really- does. What? Your motive does. Exactly. And, and I yeah. think that we end up chasing this stuff without thinking about it, without really pondering, what kind of follower does this make me?
1: Yeah. Well, and back to the other question, am I doing whatever I'm doing in a way that points to Christ and is walking in step with Christ? Mm-hmm. If you can do that driving, whatever, fine. Cool. But if it's to point to you, and, and I, I say those, and, and I mean- There's certain things that if we're if we're gonna be honest, may not be bad, but there may be no way you can do that that points to Christ.
0: And this is this is this informs the platform conversation. I mean, a lot of good comes of it too. There are people that I never would have heard of if they didn't have a platform of some kind that have been very influential to me. But is your platform getting in the way of you showing people what God is like? And that's the same question for the megachurch pastor to the music minister of the church down the road, to you sitting in your pew. Absolutely. And your platform, you know, that's not
1: just what you're saying. It's what you're showing. It's what you're writing. It's the mm-hmm. comment you put on someone's wall
0: that disagreed with you. Whatever influence you may have ultimately is, belongs to the Lord. In Deuteronomy 6, you have what uh, is called the Shema, which is, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our, the Lord is one. And they still say this thing every day and they have it on their wrists and, you know, on the doorposts and all this other stuff. And um, the the phrase, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, strength, whatever it is in Hebrew. <laughs> One way I heard it translated was with all of your muchness, which I Jeez. thought was, was pretty good. And it basically like all of your res- with all your resources, all of your volition all that you have access to all of mm. the means you have to accomplish anything or to exert any kind of influence in the lord or in in the world you you love the lord with that yeah and yep. In, and in that sense it whatever whatever platform you have whether that's just the five people who work in your office or the thousand people who follow you on Instagram whatever it is We should be mindful of where we're putting our energy and how we're using Mm. our muchness and also not confusing because we don't, you know, we, we don't do things the same way as the world does. Are we falling for the illusions and lies of the world and calling it God's blessing on us? Maybe those thousand followers are actually not from God and maybe we would be better off putting our energies elsewhere. I don't know. I'm not going to answer that question for you. That's between you and God. But if we're not thinking about it, then that's a problem. If we're not willing to, and this is easier to yeah. say than to do, if we're not willing to lay any of that stuff at God's feet and say, you know what? I don't need this. I've got you. Yeah. Because I mean, that that's the thing. It's easy to sit there and feel great as
1: a as a leader or a pastor or whatever with a platform where you've got this many people. But if you were leading them anywhere other than Christ, I would hate to be you. Mm. That is a scary thought. If God has has trusted you with much and you have pointed them to some vain lie of, of I, I don't know, you know is something that you deem worthy to, to preach about or, you know, some kind of success. Or, again, I mentioned the American dream. If, if that is your goal, that is very
0: scary. And the same is true, I think, for our individual lives. If ultimately we're mm-hmm. chasing stuff that is not kingdom stuff, you know, how, how did we spend our time? How did we spend our muchness?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and be, be conscious because there are things you love to do that you can do for the kingdom. My family, we, we're trying to get into kind of doing a lot more with camping and some of that. And part of it is so we can kind of build a community of people to go with that, that we can try and... um that we can have conversations with like this, because these are conversations, again, that, that aren't had just in the general realm. Yeah. This isn't something you just go to lunch with someone you hadn't seen in three years and talk about, but there are people that we've connected with over this who want to have deeper conversations and grow and, and talk with people. And so there's kind of this desire to, to use that as a way to build community and to reach people. You know, th- there are a lot of your talents that you could use and connect with people over that would reach people to Christ. Who otherwise might not see it you know I think there are things that can be done there now I think we we have to use common sense as we're trusted with those things Um, and that's why I think it's easy easy to pick on on celebrity pastors who spend a lot on shoes you know I'm not trying to be (laughs) rude or um, crass or any of that but I I think it's you got people in your pews who are paying your salary and I hate to use that term paying salary, but they are giving money that is paying
0: for your living and you're buying a $300 belt. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's good stewardship. And at the same time, I don't think it's good stewardship on the part of the congregation that they I want to use the word allow, cause it's not like it's some mom mentality thing. But, but again, it goes back to the, what are your expectations? And if that's what you yeah. think a successful pastor is and, uh. So not that's that's what you deserve. Huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's not as simple as that because probably yeah. the rebuttal to that would be like, well, we wanted to bless our pastor. We wanted him to have really nice stuff. I don't care that he has expensive shoes. He's a man of God and he works hard. That's probably what the rebuttal would no. be. So that that's a different conversation and I get it. I think what this conversation illustrates is sometimes we we think, okay, well, we're going to talk about this. And then when we start talking about it, we realize there's a whole there is a whole pallet of buckets of worms mm-hmm. here that are all slithering around each other. And there's just no way we can zero in on this one thing without at least mentioning all this other stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the fear in doing that is that you don't spend enough time on one thing. Yeah. Or really land it. And, and I, you know, so it's like, okay, well, we'll come back to these other
0: things. But then there's also the, well, how do you come back to all of these things? Um, I feel I feel like it, it, it at this point in the conversation. This is the most not scattered we've been, but this is the most um, broad we've been probably. and that, mm. boy, did we touch down in a lot of places really without any inclination of where we were going in some places. But I, I think so many of the things that we talk about are like that, and the whole yeah. point of of unbetween. Is that is trying to find a place to land. I want to land in the spot of faithfulness. I want to land in the spot of I'm still in it. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to let this turn me bitter or cynical. I'm not going to let this push me to disconnect or 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 disengage or re, or you know tear it down and build something up in my own image. I want these conversations in, in both for you and I and also anybody who might be listening. To push us towards well all that's true, but that just invigorates me all the more that i i need I need to be a faithful follower, yeah because ulti- because a lot of the time I can't do anything about what what shoes a mega pastor chooses to wear, ultimately, mm. me being outraged or celebratory about that is not going to change anything for anybody. I don't know no. these people, maybe if we went to lunch, we could talk about it, but even at that, the goal we'll is shopping. Yeah. But even at that, <laughs> let, let's say you take the dude to lunch. Is your goal really to get him to wear different shoes? No. Your goal no. ultimately is that he also is that by something you do or say, he will be encouraged or sharpened to be a faithful follower of Christ. And I think a lot of times that's not actually what we want from our leaders. Well, because then, then there's higher expectations
1: out of us. and And I think that's where it got easy to think that's where with this episode it, it's kind of tough to go so many places because it's it's easy to start and say okay well let's look at these these pastors with these moral failures and as you go it's like oh wait i've got plenty of those myself yeah and, and one of those may be even in my expectations of a leader so before i start you know pointing out the plank let's let's look at our own and and then there's so many ways you can take it and so there's this back and forth where again trying to land in between, yeah. but where there's this extreme of, yeah, there's X, Y, and Z that pastors do that lead to this, but there's also, you know, on this other end, these few things that the congregation's doing to allow it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, no one's really um, set up for, to, to allow themselves to speak into each other's lives. So, yeah. I mean, really what we've done is just created this, you know, petri dish of, you know, things that, of course, it's going to end up like this.
0: Yeah. I think that's a that's an astute summation of what our conversation illustrates. Is that this is way more complicated than well th- that <laughs> yeah. this guy was stupid and he made a dumb choice and he yeah. fell off of his tower. There's so much that contributes to it, going both directions or in every direction. Much like we talked about in our in the citizens of heaven and the residents of earth episodes. Ultimately, the only thing you can control is how you respond. That you can do your best to influence people in a good way. You can even do some of these other things like vote or protest or petition or go and talk to people or give seminars or even teach or give sermons. But ultimately, the real change, the real work, is in your own life and heart, and it's between you and the Lord, and that Mm -hmm. is where it starts, and I think where it ends too.
1: Yeah, and and maybe there's listeners who've been through that with a leader. You know, I've been. Fortunate enough to not experience anything within churches I've been a part of at that scale, you know. Not mm-hmm. that the leaders didn't make mistakes, for sure, sure they did. But if the leader has done that and it has put you in a place where you've questioned your faith, that's understandable. But I, I would say, okay, now that that's happened and it's it's rocked your faith in some ways, let's start building building that faith on the foundation of Christ, you know, and not on some other person who's also going to fail you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I see countless people who. Things like this happen and it and it sends them down to deconstruct or whatever. And then they rebuild, but it's still not on Christ. And so years down the road, it's happening again in a different way. And
0: um, I don't think that's what any of us want to see happen. No. And kind of what we're trying to say is um, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be one of these choices you're handed. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it it's not as though and this is tricky. It's not as though your choices are, I have to participate in a church where this is happening, or I have to sit at home alone. <laughs> kind of yep. as we covered in the disengage episode, that's that those are not the only choices available to you. Mm-hmm. And it may be less comfortable. It may be less linear. It may not look like what you have been comfortable with, but the remnant is still there. The people of God are still there and yep. the spirit of God still moves. And where two or more are gathered, he's there, and those things, those things are still available. He doesn't leave us out in the cold with no hope in that way. Absolutely, and and talk with your leaders. You know, um, ask them how you can pray for them. Mm.
1: That might be a huge thing to do. Not just that they lead the congregation well, not just that they, you know, um, preach well. Go ask them what's going in their li- on in their lives and how you can be praying for those situations. It's going to show them you care, show them you're praying for them. You know, if, if they are struggling with something, maybe they'll, they'll bring it to you, you know, if yeah. you're, you're able to build that kind of relationship. I, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's of detriment that pastors don't have people they feel like they can share with, be it elders
0: or, or whoever, you know. And if you make it clear to somebody in whatever position they're in that Hey, we're family no matter what happens. And that may Mm. involve me being very brutally honest with you at times. It comes because I want the best for you. And I won't, I won't let you, you know, hang out there on your own. Basically, I'll I'll make sure that you don't have to walk through this alone. Yeah, it goes a long way. that's a wrap on Shepherds and Stages, at least for now. As I'm sure you could hear, there are so many other issues that touch or kind of intertwine with what we were talking about in these episodes. And so I'm sure that we'll revisit some, if not all, of these ideas in some way, shape, or form. But I thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And again, um, the ways that you can help are to leave a review, leave a comment, what have you. And to share one of these episodes with somebody that you think would be encouraged or sharpened by them. Thank you again so much for listening.